CBF, good morning. What a privilege it is for us to be together again. Even though the lockdown continues, the Lord has still allowed us this privilege to gather together, even if it is on the Zoom app, to remember our Lord Jesus Christ, to worship Him, to spend time exhorting and encouraging one another, and also to hear from God's Word. CBF, can I ask all of you, how are you all doing? I really hope and I pray that we are all doing well. I hope that all of us are making time to attend our cell groups during the week. Kids, are you enjoying your Sunday school class? Again, even if it is on the Zoom app, we should use these opportunities during this lockdown as much as we can to meet each other virtually, encourage each other, keep in touch with each other so that we know that we are doing well in the Lord. Isn't it a beautiful privilege and an opportunity for us that while the rest of the world live in uncertainty, in confusion, afraid of the chaos that is coming upon them, we as born-again believers can be rest assured because we believe in our God. We believe in a God who is able. And that's what I want to talk to you today. If you have your Bibles with you, could you turn with me to the book of Jude? And I like to read verses 24 and 25. Jude and verse 24 and 25. This is what the word of God says. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. When you read the book of Jude, you understand that Jude is a brother of James, who also wrote the New Testament book. Jude and James, we believe, were the half-brothers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this epistle, Jude, the half-brother of the Lord Jesus, talks about false teachings, warnings against false teachings, how you and I can prepare ourselves against false teachings, how to keep an eye out for false teachers, those who teach things against the word of God. But that's not what I want to get into right now. I want to concentrate on verses 24 and 25. And now, isn't it encouraging for us that Jude, at the end of his letter, begins by talking about God in verse 24. And how does he describe God? Well, he describes God by saying that God is able. Isn't that what he says in verse 24? To him who is able. Our God, Jesus, is able. You know, dear CBF, I was just thinking, in such a time like this, in such a crisis that we are going through right now, even though we might not be sure of what is to happen next week, you and I can be rest assured because our faith is based on a God who is able. Our God is able. Now, how does the Bible describe our God to be able? What is he able to do? What are some of the things that our God is able to do? Well, this is not just something that Jude speaks of, but other books in the New Testament and throughout the Old Testament, in fact, in the whole Bible, there are ample evidences that prove that our God is definitely able. But what is our God able to actually do? Well, if you could just turn me to a couple of verses. First of all, we could just look at 2 Corinthians and chapter 9. 
And I'd like to read verses 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 8. And look at how the Bible describes what God is able to do. It says there, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You see what God is able to do here? Well, God's desire, according to this verse, is that His ability is reflected in and through our work. God's desire is that His ability will become reflected in and through our work. So that when God's ability is reflected in our work, whatever we do, therefore, by the ability of God, it becomes good work. Look at that verse again. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Brothers and sisters, this is my encouragement to all of us. Any good work that is done today, in and through our lives, is by God himself. And that is possible only because our God is able to do so. The work that God has blessed you with, the studies that God has entrusted you to do, well, the ministry that God wants me to do, if there is any good that we can do in our work, if we can excel in our studies, well, if there is ministry opportunities that I can be good at, that is God's ability reflected in and through us. And we are able to do it and it becomes good work only because our God, He is able. Our God is able. Well, do you find it easy to be discouraged at times? Well, especially during this lockdown. Well, I want to encourage you to understand the little that you do. Well, that little that you do is because of God's ability that is present in you. And when God's ability is presented in you, when God's ability is reflected through you, it definitely becomes good work. Well, isn't it beautiful that our God our God is able. Our God is able to allow us to experience grace beyond measure. To do everything at all points in time. Because it is God's ability reflected in us. What is the good work that you desire for God to do in and through your life right now? Do you wholeheartedly believe your God is able? Let me remind us of another verse in the book of Ephesians. If you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 20. Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 20. Well, you see another verse that describes the ability of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. That is within us. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. When you read the context of Ephesians chapter 3, God's desire is that God's love that had joined the Jews and the Gentiles together in the church. So that God who brought Jews and Gentiles together in the church, that they would learn to live in unity with one another and that through God's ability, they will be able to demonstrate Christ-like love to one another. 
to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. It is God's power in our lives that allows us to love one another. I was thinking that during this lockdown, along with the 21-day challenge, probably the best thing that we can do is get to know one another. Do you know how many George are there in our church? How many Steves are there in our church? How many Judas are there in the church? Well, it's that good time for us, for us to scroll through our contacts and try to find out that person that we've long wanted to know. Well, I've seen this person, I've heard this name, but I can't put a face to it. Well, it's not just getting to know somebody in church, but learning to show Christ-like love to them. It is humanly impossible to do it in our flesh, but it is God's ability that allows me to love one another. That's what it is, that is how it is described here. Able to immeasurably do more than all we can ask or imagine. And it is God's work in us. Brothers and sisters, can I encourage you to take this time to grow in love with one another? I know some of you are staying with somebody else. And I hope that during this lockdown, this time that you're spending with each other has only caused love to grow, grow stronger between each other. I hope that this is the time that we use to get to know each other a, a little more. This is God's work and ability in and through us. It becomes possible for me to love one another because my God is able. My God is able to allow me to do good work. My God is able to allow me to love one another. One more point that I want to bring out to bring out in relation to the ability of God is found in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 and verses 21. Romans chapter 4 and verse 21. And it reads like this. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Or another translation would say. Being fully persuaded that God is able to do what he has promised. God has the ability to fulfill all of his promises. God has the ability to fulfill all the promises that is found in his word. Hebrews chapter 13, Jesus Christ reminds us that he is the same yesterday, today and forever. And he also promises us in verses 5 that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus, God has the ability to fulfill that promise. But look at what it says in Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4, the example of Abraham is given. And the example of the faith life of Abraham is described here. Abraham was able to demonstrate faith in God because of God's ability in and through his life. And because Abraham was able to put his full trust and faith in God, he was able to believe in God's promises and see God's promises being fulfilled in his life. And that is why when God came to his house and he said, this time next year, you will have a child. Well, just as how God promised, just as how Abraham had faith, Abraham was able to hold Isaac in his hand. But when we look in the life of Abraham, and 
other great heroes of faith like David, like Daniel, like Joseph. Well, they all did have faith and trust in God, but they were not perfect human beings. I believe that there were moments in their life when they also fell in their faith, in their trust towards God. And like Abraham, probably you and I might be struggling in our faith life. But I want to encourage you. I want to help you strengthen your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ by believing that your God is able. Place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at what it says in verses 20. Yet he, Abraham, did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. I want you also to be encouraged in your faith. If you are struggling in your faith, that's absolutely fine. God knows and God understands. And God only wants us to trust in him completely, wholeheartedly. God wants us to increase our faith in him. And God will give us the grace to do so. Just believe in God. Believe in the promises of God. Believe just as we read in the book of Jude that your God, my God, our God, our God is able. Come back to Jude and verses 24. Our God is able. Isn't that beautiful? We sing that well-known song in Sunday school, right? He's able, he's able. My God is able. I know my God is able to carry me through. And we have no one else but God to place our faith and our trust today because our God is able. My God is able to allow me to do work and any work that I do because of God's ability reflected in me ends up becoming good work. My God is able to allow me to love one another, love others, to show Christ-like love to one another. And my God is also able fully able to demonstrate all that he has promised. And my God is able to allow me to grow in my faith life towards God. Jude at verse 24, to him who is able. Now what is Jude saying here? Let's just move a little forward. Well, Jude here says, to him who is able to keep you from falling. To keep you from falling. Now, as I have reminded you a little earlier, Jude in this book, in his letter, he talks about false teaching, false teachers, those who creep into the church and teach false ideas. So I believe according to the context, Jude is saying that God is able to keep us from false teaching, that God is able to keep us from false ideas. That God is able to keep us from false teachers. Think about that for a minute. Apostasy. Those who say that they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but they don't live such a kind of life. Well, that's a dangerous kind of Christian life. That's a dangerous kind of Christian living. People who say that they are saved, but they are not saved. And Jude reminds us, encourages us that God is able to protect us from such false ideas. Well, it's not only Jude, 
But a lot of other New Testament writers, including Paul, talks about false teachings, false ideas, and false teachers. Paul also talks about such dangers in 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you can just start with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'd just like to bring out some truths from that passage. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you look at verses 5, this is how Paul describes it. Well, what is false teaching? False ideas? Who are false teachers? 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 5 says, Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. They are people who talk about holiness. They are people who show that they have some form of godliness, but they deny its power. They don't really have the power that comes from God. And God is able to protect us. Look at the testimony of Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 11. It says, Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. The Lord rescued me in my missionary journeys, in my Christian life. He protected me from false ideas, false teachers, from false teaching. So how does God give me the ability? How is God able to protect me in my battle against false ideas? Things that I read, rumors that I hear, doubts that creep up in my mind. How does God have the ability to protect me from all of these things? Well, let me just derive certain principles from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14. Look at how Paul encourages young Timothy. Verse 14, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Continue in what you have learned and in what you have become convinced of. Because you know those from whom you learned it. Apostle Paul is talking about two important sources for young Timothy. Number one, Apostle Paul talks about his own testimony. He talks about his own testimony. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and you have been convinced of. Because you know those from whom you learned it. Indirectly, Apostle Paul tells Timothy, look at my life. Remember the great testimony that the Lord has led us through. Well, if you read chapter 3 verses 10 onwards, verses 10 onwards, well, you know about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, all kinds of things that happen to me in all of these things. Continue in those learnings. Learn from my testimony. Learn from my testimony how you have become an eyewitness of it. Remember how we went through those tough times and in those tough times the Lord led us. The Lord rescued us. And born again, brothers and sisters, Calvary Bible Fellowship, are there not great testimonies that you and I have of how the Lord led us, protected us during tough times, during moments when we saw no other way? We saw God's provision in and through our lives. Well, our testimony should be examples for us to protect us and give us that right understanding from right and wrong. 
Remember how we spoke a little while earlier about God's desire that it is His ability being reflected in and through our work which ends up then becoming good work? Remember God's good work in your life during all the tough times. And even now, probably some of us are going through some tough times. But God loves this so that God's work in our lives becomes testimonies for us to remember how God is able to protect us from anything that is evil. Number two, Apostle Paul reminds young Timothy about the importance of the word of God. Look at what it says in verse 15. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Well, it is the word of God that makes anybody that makes any person wise unto salvation. Brothers and sisters, you know, when the world, whatever the world considers as foolishness, whatever the world considers to be works, that is the only thing that is pleasing to God. We need to understand that salvation is, is described as the free gift of God. We need to understand that it is the word of God that allows us to understand the truths that we need to hold on to. And therefore, Apostle Paul encourages Timothy by saying, continue in the word of God. Are you and I spending enough time with God's word? Do you and I realize, as it says in verse 16, that all scripture was brought into life by the breath of God. God was the one who brought the word into existence. Therefore, God's word makes somebody wise for salvation. Well, what does that mean? But it allows that person the wisdom and the knowledge to understand that by your works, you can never please God. It allows that person to understand that they were born as sinners because that is what the Bible teaches. The Bible very clearly teaches that we were born in our sin and in our shame. We were born as sinners in need of a savior. And the Bible very clearly states and teaches us that Jesus Christ came into this world to die for your sins and my sins. The Bible allows us to understand how foolish we are in thinking that our works can please God. And it makes us wise, opens our mind, opens our heart and gives us the willingness to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And I wonder if any of you listening to me right now has yet not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, is the word of God speaking to your heart right now and making you wise salvation? Is it making you realize that you are a sinner living without a savior and that you need Jesus to come and live in our heart? All of us here have in some way experienced the great hand of God. All of us at some point in time, in some way, have experienced his never-ending love, care and compassion. Rest of these experiences allows us to understand that we can be nourished in our souls not only by the testimonies of God's work in our lives but also because of the mighty work that has once saved us and continues to save us every single day. Judah verses 24 And God is able to keep us from falling. God is able to protect us from anything that is false. 
All that we need to do is to dwell on the good works of the Lord Jesus in and through our lives. And also by depending, reading, meditating, studying the word of God. Look at what else Jude describes here, verse 24. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. God will not only protect me from false teaching, but God will present me before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Christ will one day present me before his heavenly presence, before the heavenly father, before the holy father, and he will present me without any fault and with great joy. He will have joy in doing so. You know, today, because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, the most valuable truth we need to understand is that I am not sinless. Rather, I actually become blameless. Let me say that again. Today, because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, well, I do not become sinless. I become blameless. And this is how you and I will, pre you and I will be presented on that glorious day. But this has nothing to do with me. This has nothing to do with you. It is not my ability. It is not my work. It is not my action. It is simply Christ and the relationship that Christ has with his father. It is the relationship that Christ has with his father. Well, you don't need to turn there, but in Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 2, well, the, the writer there encourages by saying that Jesus Christ, who for the joy set before him, Endured the cross, endured the shame of the cross, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and its shame. You know, brothers and sisters, I'm sure we often think of Christ's suffering on the cross to be very painful. But have we ever realized that Christ's suffering on the cross was something that he also considered as a joy? That he found it joyful to take my place. But why would Jesus do that? It was to fulfill the will of his heavenly father. Jesus was willing and ready to do anything and everything to please his heavenly father. Is that the reason why, if you turn to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 8, the Peter has the same thought and look at how he describes this. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you did not do not see him, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Well, is this the meaning of inexpressible and glorious joy? When you and I experience salvation in our life, when you and I realize that Jesus Christ found it joyful to die for a sinner like me on the cross, he did it because he wanted to please his heavenly father, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and endured the shame of the cross. CBF, I do hope and I pray that each of us sitting here are still able to enjoy this blessed assurance which rests on the Lord Jesus Christ. The blessed assurance we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jude continues to say in verses 25, he says in verse 25, To the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power and authority.
through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. He says that it is He, Jesus, our only God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. The right response to this delightful experience is a daily expression of worship and praise to the King of all kings. That is what we did just a short while back. But not just something that we should be doing on a Sunday morning, but every single day when we realize this truth. Or as Jude rightly put it, to him, to Jesus, be all glory, majesty, power and authority. Glory, majesty, power and authority. These are the attributes of God and the, the various characteristics of God. And I believe that these attributes of God our Savior is made available to all born-again believers through salvation. When we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, we enjoy in these attributes of God as well. It is made available to us because of the victory that Jesus had on the cross. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory, majesty, power and authority. Let me just explain that to you. You don't need to turn to these verses. Just listen to me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verses 18, the word of God says, But with all, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. We are being transformed from glory to glory. Every single day we draw closer to achieving that body that is reserved for us. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 16, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Eyewitnesses of his majesty. Philippians chapter 3 verses 10 to 11 talks about the power. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and to participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. What verse can I use to talk about authority? Matthew's Gospel chapter 28 verses 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We also enjoy these attributes of God made available to us because of the great salvation Jesus showed for us on the cross of Calvary. So before I end, how do I tie all of this down? What's the message from this passage for us today? In, 70, in 1873, Mrs. Joseph, who was a music composer, was sitting on her piano and playing tunes. She had a young blind girl sitting next to her who was keenly listening to Mrs. Joseph. Mrs. Joseph played a tune which she had recently composed without any words. 
and she asked that blind young girl Fanny Crosby she asked Fanny Crosby what does this sound like to you what does this tune sound like to you after kneeling in prayer Fanny Crosby said this tune sounds like this blessed assurance jesus is mine oh what a foretaste of glory divine i am an heir of salvation i am a purchase of god i was born of his spirit i am washed in his blood this is therefore my story this is therefore my song i am praising my savior all the day long this is my story and this is my song praising my savior all the day long no matter how long this lockdown will continue no matter how long uh, 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 this difficulty is going to is going to be there no matter how difficult our situation or our circumstance will be can i just encourage us all to remember and understand above everything else my god your god our god is able can i just pray for us Can I ask all of you and encourage all of us just to take a minute and close our eyes and bow our heads and then I'll pray and we will close. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are able. You are in fact more than able to do anything to accomplish more than what I can actually think. And we thank you for the reminder today from God's word that you are able to protect us from false teaching, to protect us from false ideas. from false teachers enable us to depend on the good works of the lord jesus christ to remember our testimonies of god's work in our lives and to grow in our knowledge and our love for the word of god we also thank you that you will one day present us before your heavenly father faultless and you will have great joy in doing that and therefore lord we exclaim once again this morning that all glory and all power and all majesty and all authority due unto your name be given to you there is no one else but you who is worthy to receive it and if you are to come today what a joy it would be for us to stand in your presence with that great joy but if you choose to tarry if this lockdown continues i pray that you would protect us as a church as a family enable us to be reunited very soon at WCI so that together as a body physically present we can offer you praise and worship we thank you so much that you are able our god is able thank you father for listening to our prayer in jesus christ most holy precious name we ask and we pray god bless each and every one of you